and you can talk to spirit and like without having to like open close open close just tell them your boundaries of you know i'm really good to receive signs like this time of day you know help me sleep and and putting your gatekeeper kind of in charge of keeping your hours and then of if you're like somebody who tends to get anxiety because you feel so much when you're out i find a good practice is just saying you're overwhelming me back up like even in your head and just like pushing your energy field out a little bit more. Yeah. This is a Soul Fire production. Today, my guest is Sarah Renee, and in today's conversation, we're diving into all things mediumship. Sarah has been given the gift to connect with the other side. She brings through messages from people's loved ones in the afterlife, as well as from angels and guides so that others can experience profound and deeply healing connection with spirit. She is the founder and CEO of Sarah Renee Inc. and has channeled for celebrities and done many high profile readings. In today's conversation, we're going to talk about how Sarah discovered she was a medium, how trauma, chronic illness, addiction is all related to mediumship abilities and being a deeply feeling empath. We're also talking about how to connect to your loved ones on the other side and how that can facilitate the grieving process and create some amends. So without further ado, here is Sarah Renee. Hi, Sarah. Welcome to the show. I'm so glad to have you here. Hi, Sarah. It's so good to be here. So we were just starting to chat a little bit about mediumship. And I really want to start with, because I think so many people have this curiosity around how you become a medium. How did you discover that you had these abilities and what did that look like in your life? Yeah, great question. Um, So, you know, for me, like most mediums, like when I was small, you know, when I was like three, five years old, like, you know, that age range, I was really afraid often, you know, quite often I saw like really dark, scary beings. And so I was kind of at that age where parents were, you know, where people just assume like, it's just your imagination, like monster under the bed. But I was really like terrified, like, no, if you leave me in my room, like I'm going to die. Mm -hmm. That was, I remember that being like a very like clear thought. And so, you know, that was like my first experience. And then when I was five, my grandmother passed away from cancer in the middle of the night. And I made my mom drive me down to the hospital because I was like, she's not going to leave until I say goodbye. Like I just know. And so I remember still like sitting on the edge of the hospital bed and I remember my grandmother sitting up talking next to me, mm-hmm. but in reality, it was like her body was there. My mom says, I just like talked to her and I got up and I was like, okay, grandma's going to go and it's going to be okay. We can, we can leave now. Mm-hmm. And so that was probably the clearest moment. And then, you know, through most of my life, like it kind of, like I grew out of those extreme experiences and Mm -hmm. definitely, you know, felt more, you know, just really clear empathic. Like I just pick up everybody's stuff everywhere I went. And then I'd see people kind of with people, but I couldn't, I wasn't like developed enough to know what was what. Mm -hmm. Um, And then when I was 18, I met with an astrologer slash medium that was involved in medium research in U of A. And she was the first person to actually explain to me, like, you are a medium, like you have these abilities if you want to develop them. And so that was really like my moment where all of my like weirdness felt like it made sense. Mm -hmm. 
and it was just like, oh my God, like this is why, like <laughs> everything came together. And, you know, I still struggled with boundaries and how to embrace it, you know, for several years. And I eventually, I, I moved from Arizona to San Diego and did yoga teacher training. Um, I got sober, went through 12 step work. And in that whole process, that was when my mediumship abilities just like really got fine tuned. Like my spiritual work gave me the foundation. So it wasn't scary anymore. Mm-hmm. I was doing like energy healing. And then those clients started just requesting readings and, mm-hmm. you know, it just kind of grew from there. I love it. I'm curious on your thoughts because you mentioned that experience when you were five years old and I have an almost four month old daughter now. Mm -hmm. And I'm just curious, like, it seems like children are so open and so clear and just haven't maybe been programmed or deprogrammed to not like connect and see the way that we, that we, I think we all maybe used to Mm -hmm. when we were little Mm -hmm. and uh, just a specific example of that. So Emerson's my daughter's name and we often sit on the couch and I'll like nurse her and we'll play and hang out. And on the wall is kind of a collage framed photo, uh, pictures that my brother Jordan, who passed away six years ago, his pictures. And then in the center is a picture of him. And I could do not this, my daughter Emerson, this little girl, you know, starting as soon as mm-hmm. she could see, you know, that far mm-hmm. on the wall. Cause I can't see that far at first. Mm-hmm she just like zones in on it and she just connects to it. So mm-hmm. I'll have her facing me and she just whoosh, turns her head and she'll just smile and like stare at his photo on the wall. And at first I was like, oh, it must just be like, I don't know, coincidence or, you know, she's mm-hmm. learning how to turn her head or something. But time and time again, I sit in that spot on the couch and she just turns her head and just smiles up at his photo. And my belief is that she's connecting to my brother Mm -hmm. and like communicating with him, maybe not in a verbal way because she obviously can't speak yet, but that she's just so open to that. And so I love your taking your experience on even just how maybe all of us as children have this ability and we're so open, but then we either decide to develop it or maybe not. That's such a great story. I love that. And I hear that like so often. And so what I see, cause I do, I actually do a lot of readings when women are either like in their fertility journey, yeah. you know, or through pregnancy where I'll be able to connect with the soul of the baby mm-hmm. and something really amazing that I see is like where if you have a loved one, you know, whatever loved ones have transitioned prior to that, like they'll be with the new soul of the baby. So they'll all be together. And so I feel like sometimes you know, most of the time, really, like children come into the world already with these bonds with Mm -hmm. like their uncles or grandparents or like, so they, it's almost like they see the picture or like they see, and they're like, oh, I know, I know him. Familiar. Yeah. You know, like, like Mm -hmm. I know that, that energy, like they're, they're watching over me. And then, you know, with like what you're saying, like as children, the way I see baby souls, like when somebody's pregnant is like, they can essentially go in and out of the womb, like so easily, like their soul energy. Mm-hmm. So they're not, their little like being is still alive, but it's almost like because it's being kept alive by the mom, the soul's energy doesn't have to stay in it. And so mm-hmm. they can kind of float in and out and like have a lot of fun um, mm-hmm. and not be bored. <laughs> and um, so I feel like when they're born, they keep that connection with that higher 
dimension, higher frequency, whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so I think for them, it's normal to see souls from the afterlife and higher being souls and human souls at the Mm -hmm. same time. And then I feel like we all have that ability. And then, you know, on a maybe not so happy note, I also find that that babies and little kids have such pure energy that when a place is like haunted or when there's something negative or heavier going on, like they can Mm -hmm. kind of bother the children Mm -hmm. more so than the adults. That makes a lot of sense. And even just noticing, you know, I'm my daughter's safe space, right? Like Mm -hmm. she, when she's on my chest and she's with me, that's her safe space. Mm And I'm sure we've all seen like babies who like don't love being held by anybody and everybody. And maybe it's because they're unfamiliar, but maybe it's also because of an energy that they're, that carry the person carries. Cause my dogs Mm -hmm. do the same thing. They Mm -hmm. (laughs) totally do the same thing where they will bark or like Mm -hmm. just, you can feel the shift in their energy when they're around somebody, or I guess this could be in like an environment of space as well that makes them uneasy or whatever. Cause it's such a, like you said, more pure energy that they, that they have. And so the things around them inevitably have maybe a bigger effect on them. And something that you mentioned in your story of really discovering your gifts and your abilities was also this journey to sobriety and like yoga teacher training. And I assume like spirituality. And I'm curious because it seems like a lot of the women I work with in my own story involves chronic illness, autoimmune disease, addiction, mm-hmm. trauma. Mm-hmm. And I'd love your thoughts on like, is that an initiation that we have to go through? Or is it just the way in which kind of like the portal in which we discover our abilities? Does that make sense? Uh, yeah. And it's such a great, I mean, like, I feel like there's so much on this topic. You could talk about it forever, but I recently read this study that was out of U of A where they were studying mediumship, where they officially found the correlation between mediumship and trauma. And the theory behind that is that when you're going through some kind of trauma, that your brain like essentially learns to open up to that higher frequency, like whether it's through disassociation or, you know, if you've ever like if anybody felt like when they were experiencing their trauma, I know for me, it's like in a human sense, I felt very alone mm-hmm. and, and obviously afraid and, and in the trauma, but I can think about, you know, and, and reflect back and see where I also felt like on a soul level, like I was being protected mm-hmm. so as much as they could. And so, so, you know, I feel like in that, it also teaches you that reliance because there's like, well, no human force comes and helps you out of that. And so it's almost like a necessity. Yeah, it's feeling like you have to like fend for yourself. And so Mm -hmm. your resources may not be other people who are going to protect you. Therefore, the Mm -hmm. resources are things you kind of have to develop inside Mm -hmm. of you. Yeah, it's like you're almost forced to develop this extra sense to gather that protection and that strength. And then, you know, with the autoimmune and, and addiction and all of that, like I remember I was going through this period of time in, in recovery and, and I was dealing with health issues, you know, as well. And I really went into this victimhood about it. Like, because I was just like, why is my body so sensitive? Like, I just want to be normal, which was kind of like how I felt about my gifts way back when too. Like, I just want to be normal. Mm -hmm. And my guide said to me, you know, this is for you. And I was so, I was like, what are you talking about? And, you know, they were like, this is, it's forcing you to keep your body pure like to keep your body temple really clean, 
and really healthy so that you can't fill it up with stuff that maybe the average person can Mm -hmm. so that you're a clear source and a clear vessel Mm-hmm. and in tune with your gifts. And so it's almost like now, like now I see, and I've seen with so many clients over the years of like where health stuff or mental health, you know, physical, mental, all of it is really here to help us not get off track, like yeah. to help force us in our physical body to prioritize certain things. Mm-hmm. I resonate with that really deeply. And just when I started to clean up the foods I was eating and uncover a lot of the root causes uh, on a physical level in my body that were impacting my health. It's like now I don't tolerate alcohol at all. Mm -hmm. I don't tolerate sugar very well. Mm -hmm. And it's not even stuff that I just put inside my body. It's even in my environment. Like I can't tolerate artificial fragrances and smells and it all really does feel like Mm -hmm it's kind of like an energetic cleanup that allowed me to, cause it was right after and during this time that I've realized that I had always been an empath. I used to have a word mm-hmm. for it. And all of a sudden I started being able to discern like my intuition and trust it and, and give like way more potent readings because of the energetic cleanup that I went through in mm-hmm. healing illness. And yeah, even just like creating new habits and patterns and, and like, dietary changes in my life as well. Yeah. Like I noticed too, like before readings, I can't really eat that Mm -hmm. much. Like if I do have afternoon readings, I have to eat very light, Mm -hmm. super clean. Like if I have a group read back when we used to do like in-person gatherings, uh, (laughs) when I have large group events, like I could barely eat all day. Mm -hmm. And then I just have juice or salads, you know, just very small and very clean. And then afterwards I'd crave like something heavy and grounding. That's kind of how I have to plan, but it really does. It makes a huge difference, like accuracy wise. And just like how the energy feels like going through my body, because it's a lot like channeling or connecting or tuning into that frequency. I find it's much harder on the physical body. If you're Mm -hmm. eating, like if I eat really badly, it's way more draining for me. That makes a lot of sense to me. And something we were talking about before Mm -hmm. is those people who are intuitive, are empathic, do have psychic clairvoyant mediumship abilities. Oftentimes we can feel like we're the odd one out, like we're a black sheep in a group of people or a family. Um, We can feel weird. We can feel different. We can feel awkward. And, you know, just what we were saying, it's like, yeah, energetically, it's because of the things maybe you're picking up and absorbing Mm -hmm. around people. But part of it's even just that maybe you have unique uh, food choices or you are sober Mm -hmm. or something. And so Mm -hmm. I think it can feel a little bit more challenging to fit in. And so I Mm -hmm. love your perspective on how you've still been able to maintain relationships, feel connected, been part of a community, and also just like own who you are, right? Yeah. Like, and, and it's, I love that you say that because that's really, for me, when I was when I was attempting to like make other people feel more comfortable, that was when I was the most awkward. Like like, that was when like going out was like so painful for me because I was like trying to make myself more palatable for others. And I found that when I just started owning who I was and saying, oh yeah, I'm a medium, like, or, oh yeah, I'm in recovery. You know, I'm sober, so I can't have a drink, you know, and I'm glad, you know, and, and, and like, 
because it took away the shame. And it's like when you release the shame, like, you know, for me, that was like, okay, well now people can feel however they want to feel about me, but like, I'm okay. And I, I learned that it's almost like a radar in a sense of like, it helps, like if I'm at a party, you know, some people will be like, oh, she's a medium, like go, go away. But like, it'll attract like the other people who are more aligned, like who I can actually connect with. And so I kind of, I, I feel like it's a good standard setter mm-hmm. you know in a sense to just like own who you are and, and be really yeah. honest and open about it and and to remember that like because for me too like I felt like a huge part was just embracing that I can't date like a normal person like embracing like I might be at the party and somebody's telling me something and I'm seeing like something behind her and I know like it's not gonna go how she's saying it's gonna go she's not asking me for a reading so it's not my business to say but like right. I know in that moment like I might come off awkward because I'm hearing this voice mm-hmm. <laughs> you know and, and but listening you know to her and seeing something else and like So it's kind of just being okay with it. Yeah. And when we allow ourselves to be okay with it and to just own who we are, then there's, I think, a a flavor, a different flavor of authenticity that shines through. And then like, ultimately, some people are going to get it and hear you say, I'm a medium and be like, oh my God, that's fascinating or tell me more about it or so cool. Or they like are totally in line with it. And then there's going to be people who are like, I don't understand that. And those are probably just not your people, right? Like, and that's something I think that we all learn or like have to learn, especially as we like grow up and yeah, just figure out, figure out who we are for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Hello, podcast fam. Just popping in for a second because in this postpartum period, I have a whole newfound respect for how much you need to supplement and hydrate and give your body the nutrients that it needs in order to be breastfeeding. So one thing that has been supporting me so much is having my container of electrolytes next to me pretty much all day long. I, as you guys have heard me talk about before, I'm a huge fan of Element Electrolytes. They are salty and delicious and there are some amazing flavors. My current favorite is their new flavor, watermelon, but I also love the raspberry, the citrus, the orange. They're all really good. And electrolytes are charged minerals that conduct electricity to power our nervous system. And mine has felt a little bit fried lately because we are not sleeping through the night. We are getting max about three hours of sleep at any given time. So regulating my hydration as well as my husband's and balancing fluids inside and outside of my cells has been so supportive, literally feels life-saving. And as a Uncensored Empath podcast listener, you get to try these amazing electrolytes for free. You just pay $5 in shipping. You get a free sample pack. Simply go to drinklmnt.com backslash empath to try it out. Again, that's drinklmnt.com t.com backslash empath. And I'd love for you to let me know what your favorite flavor is and tag me over on Instagram. So when we're connecting with intuition and when, you know, people say I'm a medium, I'm a psychic, I'm a clairvoyant, I think there's often this 
like curiosity, like almost like there's this cloth curtain that the people who don't resonate with that are like, what's behind the curtain? Like what's, what's happening for this person when they are channeling. And so, uh, in my experience, both my personal channeling and then also just working with people, I find that we each have a different uh, method experience of how information does come through for us. But I'd love to know and like pull back that curtain for everyone and uh, help them see at least how you experience the afterlife, angels, guides, past mm-hmm. loved ones. Like how, how do you experience your intuition? Yeah. So when I am sitting down doing a reading for a client and spirit starts to come through, it feels like they're stepping in to me. Like it feels like they're stepping into my energy field, I should say. So I have a very clear boundary because I personally don't feel comfortable with like trance channeling where they take over your physical body and your voice changes. Like I'm fine with it from other people. I just don't feel comfortable with it for me mm-hmm. <laughs> at this point. Never say never, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> and so I really, I was just very clear with spirit. Like I'm not available for that. But, you know, so help me experience you and bring you through it another way. Yeah. And so it's like the, feels like they step on top of me almost. It's really interesting. It's like almost like we overlap. Mm-hmm. And then all, all of a sudden feel like their personality. Sometimes like I'll see a picture in my head of like, oh, they're like wanting to like sit down and have dinner or take me on vacation or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then, and I'll get aspects of their personality. So it'll be like, okay, this energy feels motherly, you know, they feel very cold and detached or nurturing, or they're really fun. Like they love to go out and party, you know, or, or, and they'll take me through, like, they'll make me feel like my hair is a certain way. So it's all like, I feel it like in my body. And then when I experience their passing, which is usually a big way of when they confirm who they are for people, um, like I'll feel it in my body. So I go through, so I know my family and I, we have this like kind of morbid joke of like, you know, like I'll call them up, like I died in a new way today. <laughs> Do you want to hear about it? Like, uh-huh. <laughs> because it's, it's fast. It like, it really fascinates me going through all of these different uh, transition experiences mm-hmm. and then they'll get into, so like, that's like kind of the first part is where I'm ex- experiencing them all through myself. Mm-hmm. And when it's like more guidance based, so it's more angels and guides. And it's like, let's say about, you know, you mm-hmm. like, they'll put me through your experience. So, you know, which can be definitely hard when I'm like, like I had somebody come to me who uh, was a survivor of a serial killer. And so going through that attack was rather traumatizing for me, but I mean, I can't imagine, you know, what it was like for her. Right. Right. But so I'll go through it from, you know, or I'll feel like the relationship issues or the career set, like I'll kind of see it from my client's perspective and then I'll see what's possible, you know, from, from the guides and and that sort of thing. And then once like the clarity part of the session, like, you know, so my client's like, oh, I know who that person is, Mm -hmm. or yes, that's the situation that I need guidance on. And that's what's happening. Then they'll get into more messages like to the person and then it gets more in like a flow where I'm not so like loopy and like, <laughs> like I almost feel like I'm like, wait, I'm like, I'm like trying to like talk fast in the beginning because I'm like feeling so much at the same time. And so mm. it's, it's in the second part of this session, usually it's much easier for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it's a lot of energy to digest, I'm sure. <laughs> and like then be able to like make sense of that's how I experience it. Sometimes it is sort of this opening the floodgates of, of energy. And what I've also experienced is if it's regardless if it's a guide or a past loved one or spirit, sometimes 
that energy feels like very eager and excited to that the person who you're speaking with is like open and like mm-hmm. willing to receive the messages. And so they're like, you're like, yep. oh, <laughs> wait a second, here's my chance. We got to get it all out. And then it sort of starts to like, like you said, like slow down and become a little bit easier. And I'm fascinated by the way you do experience this in the kind of re-experiencing of the transition of like moving from life to death. And because it sounds like now you've experienced that many different ways, many different times, what is your insight on what people do experience when they are crossing over? I find a lot of times they will actually, their soul will leave their body right before Mm-hmm. their body actually dies. So if there's suffering mm-hmm. involved in the transition, they will usually, that will be like a very short amount of time. So, you know, I've brought through people where it's like, I'm shot and I fall and then I get up and I'm out of my body watching my body finish die mm. or something. So they're so, not there for the like um, potentially excruciating pain that would follow. Yeah. Like, like I had a, something where they were like, Oh, it, it took him several minutes to actually die there on the ground. So the per- my client was very concerned, but mm-hmm. when they took me through it, it felt like, no, his soul actually left before his yeah. body completed. So he wasn't laying there suffering. Mm. He was with his parent that came to get him okay, waiting for his body to die. And, and then he was able to go. So that's, you know, first and foremost, it's like very quick for them. And, and so I feel like that's kind of a built-in maybe protection mechanism for us. So we yeah, don't have totally. to, you know, suffer for a long time. And then, you know, we are usually, I see them greeted by, if they have not had any loved ones who are safe crossover, mm-hmm. they'll be greeted by, you know, an angel or a guide or, you know, mm-hmm. some being that they recognize. And, and there's, even if they're unaware of who that being is in life because they're now in their soul essence, like there will be that familiarity, you know? And then from there, when they take me through their kind of life review process, like I feel it almost like, like extreme empath, right? Like where the, where you feel everything that you put out in the world, mm-hmm. basically. So you finally, if you're a really good person, like you feel the ripple effect that that created of like, maybe you said something to somebody or did something kind for a stranger. And so you don't, you go through life not knowing how that impacted mm, them. Mm-hmm. And then, so now it's like, you get to feel all those little things, big things, you know, all of that good. And then, you know, if, if you did cause some harm, you get to feel that too. Mm-hmm. Not so much from this lens of like, oh, now you have to suffer for that, but more of so that you can learn the full lesson of that experience to, to complete it. Yeah. Like, um, like a reconciliation Mm -hmm. at the end of life. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I think about, um, so both my brothers have passed and Jordan died before Joe. And so I just have this very clear vision within my mind's eye Mm -hmm. of, when Joe passed away, like Jordan, my brother being there to kind of like grab his hand and Mm -hmm. show him through like that transition through the essence of his soul becoming what it was to become next. Mm -hmm. And it, yeah, it just being this while devastating moment, also this like beautiful moment in some ways Mm -hmm. where the boys, my brothers were able to reunite on a, on a soul level Mm -hmm. And that 
at least I like to think that my brother Joe wasn't completely alone when he died because he died from an overdose. And so on a physical 3D plane, like technically, yes, his physical body was alone, but (laughs) that there's a comfort that I take in feeling like his soul was not alone in that moment. Yeah. And like usually, cause I know people will ask like, well, what if, like, what if a person is in full-blown addiction and they're not connecting spiritually, like mm-hmm. but still like our, like, you, you know, like in this case, like your brother who transitioned first, like he's not going to give up on him. Like mm-hmm. he's not going to leave. And they always show me too, like they can see all of us, like almost like those uh, back room of like security rooms where you can watch everything on the mm-hmm. different cameras. Like, like they joke with like, that's how they can see all of us. Like they don't have to pick this person over, right. over that person. And so especially when somebody is either like in hospice and they're close to transition, or even if they are in dangerous situations or involved in an activity that's very high risk, like spirit's going to make sure that they are not alone in case something happens, you know, and, you know, and, and, and I do find like, you know, especially, yeah, like with siblings or like when we're close to loved ones, or even if we have a falling out, but like when we were close, when we were little or things like that, like, mm-hmm. then it does feel really, feels like a reunion, you know, and like in those cases of overdoses or suicides or, or things where me, you know, that soul might go through an experience where they're like, okay, this is the point where I could have made a change. Mm-hmm. And if I could go back, I would change the course of my life. Mm-hmm. But it's not so much like an ego based regret. Like they're not wallowing in that regret energy. Like it's like they, because they're out of their ego and out of their mind and out of their suffering, they get to learn the lesson, see it, forgive themselves and kind of get, go forward with like, okay, how can I be a better brother to her now? Mm-hmm. How can I be a great uncle to, you know, my new niece, mm-hmm. you know, how can I? And so they really, they kind of get to the amends part mm-hmm. much quicker, you know, then I feel like, you know, <laughs> you must be picking up on energy because my brother, Joe, um, the one who passed from the overdose and I, we were on speaking terms, but we weren't on like great terms when he passed. Mm. And so Mm. there was a lot of feeling like, wow, we really didn't have the chance to reconcile our relationship before, before he died. And it's really interesting because I had, he was at my wedding and he died exactly a week after I got married. And so I had just seen him and he had just seen the whole family. And we had had a conversation Tuesday and he died on Saturday and the conversation was let's hire somebody to help us with our relationship. Like let's find a coach or a therapist to help facilitate this conversation because it was challenging for us to have a conversation, especially when he was using. And so that conversation we never got to have. We, I had scheduled the appointment and I had to cancel it because he passed away. And at the time it was like really, really devastating and heartbreaking. And it's still, it still has a charge in me. It still hurts. But I also feel like in his passing that like on a less 3D level, more on a like just energetic soul, spiritual level, we've been able to make those amends in a way that I didn't anticipate, but in a way that now considering he's no longer here earthside the only way that like it was still possible mm-hmm. so yeah i feel like you were picking yeah. up on there was like some tension yeah because i was feeling like the amends <laughs> is like a big part of it you yeah. know like and um the thing that i find that 
that can sometimes feel almost weird during sessions like because they'll laugh like they have such a strong sense of humor even about like the most difficult things yeah it's like you're like telling me this like deeply emotional story right like like, I'm like feeling like that's really emotional and vulnerable and and I can I could hear like your other brother laughing Mm -hmm. like they didn't know they hired me to be the you know the negotiator It's like, that's a horrible joke. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's interesting too. Cause that was usually the, like, I was usually that for the boys, like that's between so those two funny. and they yeah. had some arguments right before Jordan died. And so mm. now, yeah, I guess Jordan has been able to play a little bit of that role with me and Joe and, and um, yeah, facilitating some of that. I feel like I can connect pretty easily to my brothers. I think there's times when they feel further away for lack of better like words to describe it and other times when they feel really close and Mm -hmm. I know something that many listeners have also experienced the loss of a loved one whether it's a family member a friend a partner etc and how can we connect to the people who have passed and in what ways does that potentially facilitate our grieving and healing process as well Yeah, that's a great one. You know, I find that usually like, like I know my other medium friends and I talk about like no medium can really read themselves. And here's more of an expanded version. Like I might bring them through, through a different lens. It seems like because I don't know them. Right. You're a more neutral channel. Yeah. So it's just like, like somebody else can bring through my loved ones, Mm -hmm. even though I'm a professional medium Mm -hmm. better than me because they don't know them. Mm-hmm. And they don't have any of the grief, like like they don't have any of that in the in the way. But you know, not meaning that you can't get guidance from them or feel them, of course, because they are they're they're with you, you know, not with me. But <laughs> you know, and so um, feeling them, you know, something that they always share that's like they compare it to like a phone call of like a way to call heaven, you know, or a way to call the afterlife of doing something that they loved to do or like putting on their favorite song or song that you listen to together or going and eating their favorite food. Even if it's from, you know, like childhood and they like, it doesn't really matter how recent that memory was, Mm -hmm. but something that just reminds you of them or like going to a favorite place that you used to go to, or like the other day I was bringing through a a mother who loved sitting out in the garden. She loved her wind chimes and her daughter was like, Oh, I got wind chimes. I put a chair out there and I swear, like I feel her there. And it Mm. was like, it serves as a really good way for you to consciously, especially if you're, you haven't maybe been feeling them too much. Or or like you said, like they feel kind of farther away. Like, you know, they're there, but they're just a little distanced. Mm -hmm. That's kind of a good way to bring them in closer or to connect with their energy and, and be like, hey, I kind of I need you right now. Mm-hmm. And then asking them for, you know, hey, can you give me a sign? Show me that you're here. Like they don't ever get sick of you asking. You know, like people are always like, aren't they busy? But like, yeah. like they love, they love comforting us, helping us, communicating with us. Like they're never too busy for you. And then if if, you know, I know sometimes we can all, I mean, even myself, get in moods or something where I'm like, I just made that up. Like, I don't know if that was really them. And, and so asking them for a follow-up sign of like, Hey, okay. I just saw like 11, 11. Was that really you? Give me another sign. 
Mm-hmm. And so, and then that kind of like turns into this momentum of where you're getting signs all day and you're just like, oh my gosh, there's no way that I could be making this up. I know that, that this person is with me right now. And then you're going to just feel that comfort. And if you're somebody who meditates or like meditation is also, I think a good way is like to invite them into your meditation or your dreams to send you guidance or to, you know, pull you in a certain way, whether, you know, whether it's like, they're telling you or showing you, or you just feel it, you know, like empaths have the gift of feeling things. So mm-hmm. sometimes you might, they might communicate to you in a way that's like making you feel like you should go a certain direction or go a certain way. And, mm-hmm. and then they'll give you the follow-up signs and, and yeah, and then you can get to the point where you just feel so connected to them. Sometimes like in situations like with you and your brother, like it can almost feel like you're closer to them mm-hmm. in spirit than than in in the human life. Yeah. That's really helpful because I think a lot of people that I've spoken with do question whether a sign is really a sign and we get into our head and we're like, am I just making that up? And Mm -hmm. so it's a great, like easy exercise that we can also do is just asking for that reassurance, that follow-up sign. And like you said, if then you're constantly seeing these signs everywhere, then it becomes a lot more undeniable and you start to trust yourself. You start to trust the things that come through the first time versus the sixth or seventh time maybe that that you do receive that information. Mm -hmm. I want to share with you a company that I have completely fallen in love with. Their name is Paleo Valley, and I've been using them for several, several years and found them at the beginning of my journey with chronic illness and healing autoimmune disease. I started taking their organ complex back then, essentially as a multivitamin. And it was so supportive in helping me reclaim my body and my health and my energy. And more recently, I have been falling in love with their super greens. It's a powder that has upgraded spirulina sourcing. It has no cereal grasses. And this busy, busy mama (laughs) is looking for every and any way to add more superfoods and nutrients into my daily diet that can happen quick because MJ is now four months old and she's a lot of work. So this mama doesn't have time to uh, cook the way that I used to. And so I'm so grateful to have this powder. There's 23 superfoods included and one to two servings of vegetables in each serving. So it's super easy to just add to water or even to a smoothie and uh, get my greens for the day. There are many other products you can try as well from Paleo Valley, including Neuro Effect to help with brain health and cognition. There's the Essential C Complex that I've also been loving. There is their bone broth protein, as well as their Paleo Valley beef sticks that are super easy for on the go. So head over to paleovalley.com, enter the code empath at checkout for 15% off your purchase. That's P-A-L-E-O-V-A-L-L-E-Y.com and enter the code empath, E-M-P-A-T-H for 15% off of your purchase. So we're getting to the top of our time, but because as intuitive empaths, we do tend to feel so much and take on so much. And if we also are channeling energy, wanting to connect to spirit more, like it's a lot of energy to move through your body, right? Mm -hmm. And a lot of different energies that you're interacting with on a daily basis outside of just the 
actual people in our life, right? So what would be your top tips that you use or that you would advise people to try out to protect some of the energy? And actually, I want to take that back because I don't actually love the wording of protect energy Mm because sometimes it feels like this like boundary that's like a brick wall that you're putting up. Mm -hmm. And so I guess the way I prefer to word that is like, how do you manage your energy? Mm -hmm. So you're still staying open. You don't have to shut yourself off from all of it, but like Mm -hmm. we can manage the energy so that there are boundaries that uh, Mm -hmm. you've intentionally set. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I, when I work with clients, something that I found that helps them and, and something that that I use, like, like I first connected with Archangel Michael. He was the first like angelic yeah. guide being that I actually saw and interacted with and, and felt. So he's still my go-to, but you know, with my clients, like sometimes it's even a grandparent or a sibling or, or a parent, like, but having some divine being, you know, whether it's a loved one or an angel or guide that you trust you know, and, and really working with them. And, and I find putting them like almost in charge energetically, like to, to watch out for you and, and to kind of monitor, like, you know, so I'll tell Archangel Michael, like only allow spirits of the light, mm-hmm. you know, of God to come through to me, keep anything negative away, like, you know? And, and so like gatekeeper. Yeah. So having that gatekeeper rather than just having the gate closed, you can talk to spirit and like, without having to like open, close, open, close, just tell them your boundaries of, you know, I'm really good to receive signs like this time of day, you know, help me sleep and, and putting your gatekeeper kind of in charge of keeping your hours. And then of, if you're like somebody who tends to get anxiety because you feel so much when you're out, I find a good practice is just saying you're overwhelming me back up, like even in your head and just like pushing your energy field out a little bit more. Yeah. Your hours. And then of if you're like somebody who tends to get anxiety because you feel so much when you're out, I find a good practice is just saying you're overwhelming me back up, like even in your head and just like pushing your energy field out a little bit more. Yeah. Like an assertiveness, like mm-hmm. really saying like, yeah, back up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cause like, imagine if there was like 10 people like around you trying to talk to you all at once, like mm-hmm. you would feel a lot. very overwhelming. Like, so it's the same thing. It's just, you can't see them with your human eyes. So, totally. um, so yeah, so just, just using, you know, your assertiveness to really take charge of your energy and something that I say pretty constantly throughout the day in my head is please send all energy that's not mine back to where it came from with love and compassion just because I'm going to feel people's energy no matter what but I find that that stops me from taking it on yeah that's super helpful for people who feel like they are spongy spongy yes. empath. <laughs> wow. ah thank you so much Sarah how can people get to know you better find you work with you my website is sarahreneinc.com and that is probably the best way to, you know, find out like under my contact page, there's all about readings and there's a book now button and, or they can just email me with questions there. So that's, you know, the most resourceful. I have guided meditations on there and all sorts awesome. of stuff. And then on Instagram, I'm at medium Sarah Renee and that I post, I post guided meditation videos every weekend and mantras and client stories and all that good stuff. So beautiful. We will link all that in the show notes as well. And thank you so much for being here with us today. Perfect. Thank you for having me. 
Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Uncensored Empath Podcast. I would so appreciate if you could take a couple minutes to rate, review, and subscribe. And if you've loved this episode, please share it on social media, tag me, let your friends know about it, and I will see you on the next episode.